1: Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and
0: online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome, your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go, even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on KMBZ 980 AM. If you're on the radio, if you're joining me on podcast, we are at uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. You can catch us there. You can also catch us on YouTube. Search for Jason Grill. It's going to be a great show today. I'm happy to, uh, to be joined again by a collaborator of the Grill Nation show. Uh, Logan Freeman, who's one of the co-founders of FTW Investments. Their website is FTWInvestmentsLLC.com, and you can uh, check out our page as well there at FTWInvestmentsLLC.com backslash Jason Grill.
1: It's great to be back with you this week. Logan, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm coming off of a trip, actually, to Austin, Texas, where uh, I was invited down to speak to 40 uh, real estate operators and uh, capital raisers in the space, and it was uh, that was my first time to Austin, Texas, which is awesome. I mean, so that's that was really, really cool. That, to that's be kind there. of
0: surprising to me.
1: Yeah, and uh, ALC or something like that was going on. So there was some music festival as well. So it was just a great buzz. We were right down on Rainy Street and um, was able to make some really great connections and and talk about best practices in the space. So. Uh, it was a great uh, little conference that we were able to go to, and uh, I'm excited to be back in, in uh, back in the saddle this week. So very excited, man!
0: Yeah, one of the things I love about Austin is Rainy Street and how they kind of made that. Uh, I, I was there when it first started, and you know it's it's kind of a cool concept, you know, with like the old houses that have restaurants in them, and just kind of how they zone that street.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, I think Kansas City could take some some notes. I mean, it felt so alive down there. Yes, we have power and light district, but it was very homey. Uh, the hotels were right there, which was very cool, and they had all kinds of craft beer and food trucks. It was just a it was a lot of fun, man. With well, that, and you got a new haircut too. So, I, did, uh, I did. I did. I I lost been a couple in, right? pounds.
0: Fit it in Austin, man. You got the cool <laughs> haircut now.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, man. I had to get my hair finally cut to the, the COVID uh, six or seven inches that I had. I had to get taken care of. So um, I got a lot of compliments on it, so I'm feeling very good about the new haircut.
0: <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Logan Freeman is our guest today on the Grill Nation show. Um, I want to just kind of talk to you. I read one of your uh, your blogs on your website, ftwinvestmentsllc.com, in this first segment, and then we'll preview the rest of the show. But uh, You had a really interesting uh, article, and also I got it on email about uh, not competing to beat the market. And you had an example on there, which I thought was kind of interesting about a carnival. Talk about that. I thought that was really cool.
1: Well, as a Midwestern boy, you know, living in Cole County, I grew up going to the Jefferson City Fair and, the, and obviously the Missouri Fair here in Sedalia. And uh, so I, I grew up with all of the carny games. And so I wanted to write something about this because I think it can correlate to the investing world. But you know, I think there's a lesson to be learned from amusement parks and and carnival games and it's that the biggest crowds are around the games that offer the biggest prizes you know you got the giant bears i think they even have xbox consoles now so you get the picture right i mean and you know the games that i'm talking about right you, you try to land a ping pong ball in the cup of the middle of a hundred cups right or try to fit the ring around the neck of a bottle and <laughs> as many times as i used to try you know i, I never made it uh, i never made that but you know and hardly anybody ever wins those games but People cannot resist the chance to win big, and there's always that one lucky person out of a hundred um, that gives everyone else hope. You know, you see the the lights go off and and uh, they won the game, right? Um, and everybody sees that that guy or gal walking around with a giant teddy bear. What I learned about that is you can buy those teddy bears as well, by the way. So keep that <laughs> uh, <laughs> parents. Uh, I think end up buying those things uh, at the end of the day. But the reality is that. The odds are not in your favor with those types of games. And, you know, I'm not opposed to all of the carnival games. You know, the, the ones that I like are the sports games. So you throw football through a tire. You know, that's something that I have better odds at winning because of my experience. And the, the prizes start smaller, but you can trade them up for bigger prizes as you win more and more games. And if you have the skills, you can win the big prize without shelling out a ton of money. And I think there's an analogy here into the world of investing. Most people are trying to hit the home run with stock investing or you know something of, of, of the likes of, of crypto now, right? Um, and they're fighting against big odds. Sure, I think an investor will get lucky once in a while, but for the most part, very few people beat the market, just like very few people beat the house at the amusement park. And you know, even the pros, I mean, they fail to beat the market. You know, and, and if you look at the past 15 years, nearly 90% of actively managed investment funds have failed to beat the market. And those people aren't slouches. And you you can hear this from uh, Howard, Howard Marks, Ray Dalio. Uh, and that's why they've niched down just like we have in the world of investments. I prefer assets that I have more control of uh, where I can put my experience and skills to use. And so um, in commercial real estate, You know, our goal is not to beat the market because we're not interested in playing the market. Uh, We prefer we prefer the commercial real estate game where the payoffs may be slow for some people's taste, but they're steady. And by reinvesting those gains through 1031 exchanges, you can keep trading in for bigger and bigger prize, man. So the important advantage of commercial real estate, I think, is that you can force rent improvements and appreciation through proactive moves and you are in control. And that's the bottom line. We're not competing with the market.
0: Very interesting. Uh, I love when you uh, you guys compare things and give us analogies. That definitely helps for uh, the people out there that aren't as smart about investing as I am. Uh, yeah, make it as simple as possible. Uh, before we get to our uh, our second segment today, I want to kind of give us an overview again about what you all do at FTW Investments uh, LLC and in your role. Uh, the website again is ftwinvestmentsllc.com dot backslash Grill Nation for uh, more information. Uh, tell us about it.
1: Yeah. So our company is a private equity company based in Kansas City, but we now have holdings in Nebraska. We're moving to Iowa, Arkansas, and Oklahoma as well. But our goal is to give institutional quality investment opportunities to passive investors. So you let us manage the toilets, the tenants, and the trash, and you get all the benefits of investing into uh, commercial real estate. So that's what we do. On a regular basis, we're, we're finding off-market properties that we can add value to, and and you get to capitalize on all the upside there.
0: And you guys are growing. You're, you're adding more more to your team. I'm seeing your name in the news more, uh, in the media. You guys are doing really well.
1: Yeah, we, we are up to 12 people now oh at God. FTW Investments, which is just wild. We just recently added an associate asset manager and an investor relations uh, associate. We're very excited about those two. Uh, new hires and we 're quickly growing so we're we're also adding a construction manager position so we can manage all of our construction in house and you know vertically being vertically integrated is very important uh, in this business, meaning we can control every aspect of the business plan that we're implementing on these projects.
0: you guys are doing a lot of great things FTWinvestmentsllc.com dot com backslash grill nation on today 's show and our next segment we're going to talk to Logan about how to get rich during a downturn, another exciting uh, uh, topic to talk about. We're also going to, we're going to talk about kind of the many things you should know about investing and especially investing with FTW investments. And then our final segment, we're going to talk about uh, some interesting topics around investment diversification gone wrong. Everyone talks about diversify, 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 but there are things that could go wrong. So we're going to break into those as well. You're listening to the Grill Nation show. I appreciate you joining us, whether you're listening on the radio, uh, if you're joining us on social media, or if you are listening on podcasts. We'll be right back after the break. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on the radio, on podcast, on our YouTube page, on our website. However you're listening or watching, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, The website for me is grillnationshow.com. And uh, we are joined again today by Logan Freeman, who is uh, one of the co-founders of FTW Investments. Their website is ftwinvestmentsllc.com. And for purposes of this show, add a Grill Nation after the website uh, for more information and a free investor tool guide that they have on their website. Uh, Logan, we were talking about kind of, um, you know, investments and kind of the example you gave with the carnival was very insightful. But I want to kind of turn now to, you know, getting rich during a downturn. I want to start off with some famous Warren Buffett quotes that you believe apply uh, to this topic. So let's start there. Tell us about tell us about what Warren Buffett thinks.
1: Well, we study Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, um, every single week. And one of my favorite quotes from his is, be fearful when others are greedy, and greedy when others are fearful. And just to follow all that up, he's he's famous for saying zig when others zag. And so what we have done, uh, I think very well, is even though um, during the coronavirus uh, pandemic, there was kind of a a lot of fear out there. Um, we stood to our investment thesis and our fundamentals. And that really proved to be very successful for us. What we're seeing now is property prices in commercial real estate be uh, 18% higher than they were at the beginning of the pandemic and 8% higher than they were pre pandemic. Meaning, you know, there was a little short window where if you had the confidence, the chutzpah, as Sam Zell would say, uh, to make some big bets, uh, you didn't have the competition that you 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 usually do. And now that we're seeing um, that uncertainty out of the market, uh, a lot of people are being very greedy, and and asset prices have gone through the roof. And so, you know, it's making it very difficult to continue to find these good assets. But, um, you know, during the coronavirus virus pandemic last year it allowed us to to make some big bets and and we were definitely greedy whenever everybody else was fearful and and when everybody was looking left we were going right and i think that's a big uh proponent to our growth and our success up to this point jason
0: mm-hmm. so the smart investors they they put their money in different places during a downturn where do they put it mostly
1: yeah, I mean, to get rich during a downturn, you always try to follow the smart money and not the self. Yeah, I,
0: I, I had that in my notes as the smart money, but then I but then I change it to investors. But it is smart money. You want to follow the smart. Yeah, money. and it's
1: this is not the self-professed smart money on CNBC, but the real smart money. So, um, if somebody's very interested in this, you can go look at asset allocation from a group called Tiger Twenty One, and that's that's a group that we follow uh, very closely. And one of the principal lessons we we can learn from the smart is to not shrink or sit on the sidelines during a downturn. You have to invest with confidence, but don't just invest in anything. And you have to have a sound strategy to know where you put the money. And, you know, they they put their money to the same place they've always put their money. Um, They just put more of it there. And they have three kind of guiding principles. um, And that's seeking diversified cash flow through private equity and commercial real estate seeking assets with an intrinsic value, which I know we're going to unpack, and then thinking long term. So those are the three principles of the smart money that people really focus on during a downturn.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Logan, let's start there. Um, we're going to talk a lot about diversification, but let's start yeah. with diversified cash flow. What, what does that actually mean? What does it mean to seek that?
1: Sure. So passive investments in cash flowing assets can you know, be across a range of geographic locations. Um, asset classes, price points, and property types. And that you, what you're looking for is recession-proof cash flow. So you invest in demand. And if everybody's been watching kind of the media, you're seeing folks that are looking for houses, but they're also um, you know, being priced out. And so they have to find places to live, right? And so I think that you can diversify um, in commercial real estate across a geographic location, but also asset classes, something that we're doing right now currently, Uh, But buying stocks in a downturn, especially now when prices, you know, a lot of uh, self-proclaimed or very successful investors feel like prices are overvalued, you might have to wait for years to make any money from those stocks as they stabilize and their prices move beyond their current overvalued prices. But um, investments in assets that rely on appreciation for profits, if there are any profits, means zero cash flow. And so that's not the business that we're in. We're in the business of creating cash flow on these assets. And so you can be enjoying that cash flow uh, from day one. So we try to invest in demand. Uh, Obviously, rental uh, properties have been in demand. Uh, Different places uh, to own your business and run your business have been in demand as well. So think about places that you can work, eat, and play. So diversified cash flow streams will ensure consistent, reliable income through a recession as well as a recovery, which we're seeing right now. And if you track the National Multifamily Housing Council's rent tracker during the coronavirus pandemic, um, all of the rental property that they were tracking uh, proved to be a very strong and safe asset class to be in. Mm-hmm.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Very well said. I want to move to your second uh, guiding principle of the strategy of of uh, getting rich during a downturn, and that is uh, you know, investing in things with intrinsic value or seeking assets with intrinsic value. What does that mean?
1: Sure. So assets with intrinsic value are tangible, meaning you can touch them and they have implicit value separate from what investors are willing to pay for them on the market. So think about cash flowing real estate. It derives its intrinsic value from rental income. And over time, rents increase because of rising demand due to population growth apart from inflation. That's the intrinsic value of commercial real estate and what contributes to appreciation over time. Stocks have no intrinsic value. They have no value separate from what other people are willing to pay for them at a given time. And they typically don't generate income and they're not tangible. And that is the critical risk that we're seeing that comes with investing in stocks. It's the potential that your investment can go to zero without any tangible asset backing it. And so, real estate, on the other hand, affords investors a level of protection that stocks don't. You know, think about this. Even in a liquidation, unlike stocks, there are typically assets remaining to distribute to passive investments because. We have the ability to sell that investment as well. And that's the value of tangibility of commercial real estate. And I think that um, what we've seen uh, recently with the rent growth that we've seen in Kansas City and in other markets like Phoenix and the Sunbelt, we're seeing a lot of rent growth to the tune of 11 to 14% um, over the last 12 months, which is just incredible. Kansas City is somewhere closer to 4 or 5%, depending on the asset class. Uh, But even if you think about triple net lease investments or commercial, Investments not on the multifamily side. They typically have rent bumps um, built into the to the leases, so they're keeping up and maybe even um, at some point uh, exceeding uh, inflation, which is very important. So that's the intrinsic value that is created from commercial real estate.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how many. I mean, you travel a lot, you see other places, you see Kansas City. I mean, the amount of multifamily uh, that's going up is is amazing, but also it's not enough. I mean, based on the demand, which you know, people see multifamily going up on the side of the highway or rehabs and whatnot, and they think, oh, we got so many apartments or so many whatever, but it's really almost at capacity. So that's why it keeps happening and keeps building and keep, uh, you know, restoring older buildings. So it's exciting to see. Um, and it's obviously a great investment as well. And then the last thing you talked about a little briefly was uh, the long term value and what you need to think about. And I guess. My question for you is, is it is it thinking long term as easy as it sounds?
1: It, it is not. It's, it is definitely not. And, you know, one thing what you just mentioned is a supply and demand disequilibrium that we're seeing right now. I mean, uh, frankly, there there's people think about population growth as the only driver. There are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people waiting to be. Um, admitted, so to speak, into the United States. Just call the embassies or, or look at the embassy data. So, I mean, we don't necessarily have a, a population growth issue here, especially if we just open the doors to many of those places that uh, many of those people from coming from different countries are trying to get in. But thinking long term, you know, these you know investments in real estate are illiquid. They have lockup periods of a minimum of five to seven years, and it's this illiquidity that prevents investors in these assets from panicking in a downturn where investors head for the exit and that creates extreme volatility in the market. So commercial real estate has a really low correlation to the broader markets because of its illiquidity. You cannot just say, hey, today I want to sell my whole portfolio or this investment. So investors are prevented From cashing out and triggering runs on the market. And so I think that's a really important uh, point to make here. And then the cyclical nature of the economy means that downturns are inevitable. Just study history. But there's no need to shrink in the face of that disasters. There are opportunities to make great investment decisions. You just have to know where to look and what to look for. And, you know, if you follow groups like uh, Tiger 21 and other smart investment groups, commercial real estate has been long, a long, reliable source of wealth in any environment. But you do have to think long term. You do have to say, hey, this is money that I'm really not going to need in the next five to seven years. And you have to be patient. I always say that commercial real estate investing is not a get rich quick scheme. It's a get wealthy slow scheme. And it's very important to keep that in mind when you're starting to invest in real estate.
0: Well said. You know, I wish I could think like that more often. Five to yeah. seven years. I like that. Um and then too, you know, you have a lot of complications around some of these issues around you know, local municipalities yeah. and, and zoning rules and what where they want their city to be and with population or with uh you know different types of housing, right? So right. we're seeing a lot of that and it's a it's a trend that uh not only is happening a lot in our metro area, but also across the country is you know, trying to find ways to to uh you know create more affordable or more attainable or more uh, luxury, whatever you want to call it, it it exists. So that's got to get through the process as well. So it really is kind of a long term play too.
1: It, it absolutely is. And one of my mentors is always telling me, Logan, just stay in the game, you know? And he's like, I, I never sell my real estate, you know, and 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 that makes a lot of sense. If you just stay in the game and you can be patient, this can create a lot of wealth for for investors. I love it. And we're
0: going to talk more with Logan Freeman here after the break. Uh, We're going to break into uh, some of the things you need to know to get started, as well as what you need to know along the journey of investing with FTW and others. Uh, Other really great information that he's going to share about kind of the process and kind of the, the distribution. What are the differences between them and others? Can you transfer investments? So many different topics we're going to get into here on the Grill Nation show. Thank you again for joining me, Jason Grill, and Logan Freeman from FTW Investments llc.com here on the show this week we'll be right back after the break Welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on the radio on KNBZ 980 AM, on podcast networks, Google, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or on our website, grillnationshow.com. Again, joined by a uh, expert and leader in our in our uh, community and in our city, but also on a national level with investments, FTW Investments, LLC.com. Joined by Logan Freeman, one of the co-founders of FTW Investments. Logan, uh, on this next segment, we're going to talk about, you know, how do we get started with FTW Investments? 17 things you should know about investing with FTW. Let's break into it now. So what are the initial steps and how do I get started?
1: We we take an educational approach. And so I think the first step is to simply get to our website, which you've mentioned multiple times, FTWInvestmentsLLC.com. We have a, a simple intake form at that link that you guys can find. Once you submit that form, we're going to reach out to you to schedule a phone or an online meeting. If you're local here to Kansas City, uh, potentially a coffee or a a beer, you know, at happy hour. And so, you know, basically the the goal is just to understand kind of what your investment uh, thesis is and and what goals you're trying to accomplish and see if we're the right fit. You know, we have to be mutually beneficial here. And so um, if that call goes in the right direction, then basically we we have an investment portal. Uh, where we house all of our investment opportunities in. And uh, once you sign up for that portal, you're going to be able to see past projects. You're going to be able to see the upcoming projects that we have. Um, and, And then also, you know you're going to be added to our email list, so you're going to get these uh, these blogs that we write on a regular basis that Jason uh, speaks of. Yeah, you do um, a
0: great job, man. I I learn a lot every time, even if I'm not if I don't you know if I'm not even at the at the time where I'm ready to invest, I learn something every time you send something out. So it's great. You also do webinars and whatnot as well. So it's a great list to be on. So those are the initial steps. Let's move on to kind of like. What type of investments we'd, we'd be investing in? You know,
1: we do uh, a typical, you know, structure of, of our kind of projects is, or how we we, we raise capital for these projects is we'll, we'll typically have a new project and then invite folks to a live webinar where we're going to be going through that investment presentation. And, um, you know, we do these either doing during the day or uh, sometimes in the evening, but it gives our investors the ability to... Uh, kind of sign in and, and basically engage with myself and Parker and Corey, uh, my business partners, and ask questions. So we'll present the project for about 20 or 30 minutes, and then we have the opportunity to answer those questions. And we obviously find that the question and answer part of that uh, webinar is extremely beneficial to our investors. But typically, we, we focus on multifamily um, investment opportunities. So think of an apartment complex, 50 units and above are typically what we focus on. Uh, and they're going to be focused here in the Midwest. So mostly Kansas, Missouri, uh, Nebraska, and and Iowa. Uh, for the time being. Uh, but we also are starting to get into creating some value through different asset classes, such as neighborhood retail, shopping centers, um, and doing some historic readaptive use projects. Um, so we're actually purchasing a hotel right now in Independence, Missouri, and converting it to affordable housing, working with our nonprofit uh, Restart uh, to be able to house um, you you know, people that are either homeless or at risk of being homeless. So it's a very cool project that we're going to be working on. And we're starting to bring more of those types of assets to our investors as well. Yeah. And again, we talked about this a little
0: bit on the last segment. The duration is a minimum of five years, up to 10 years, usually. And, um Uh, i don't believe you can't transfer your uh, investments, correct,
1: so you know the the illiquidity of this is is one thing people need to um, think about, but the transfer of the investment works in two ways, right so when we either refinance the property because most of our projects are what's called. Value add, meaning we have some sort of cosmetic upgrade or operational efficiency that we are completing on the project, which then increases the value of the project and we can refinance that project and pull a lot of the investors capital out. So that's one way that you can get your capital out of the project and still own. Uh, your portion of the project. The other piece is is selling. So uh, we've gone through the sale of a few assets this year. Um, you can either elect to do a 1031 exchange and roll those proceeds forward. Um, to the next project, or you can take your cards off the table at that time, um, just well knowing that you will have some sort of tax implication based on your specific uh, individual situation. Um, so that's kind of how you, how we think about transferring uh, these investments either through a cash out refinance and hold for long term, or through the sale of the asset in a 1031 exchange.
0: Again, I really, you know, everyone's concerned about money here. So uh, how often do the distributions take place?
1: Typically, depending on the project, uh, three quarters after the close of a, of a project, just to make sure we have enough op- operational reserves on hand to handle anything that was unforeseen, uh, we will start to make quarterly distributions. And so um, these investments pay you on a quarterly basis, um, and there's a preferred return uh, that you will be receiving on that quarterly basis. If, if the project goes to Uh, plan, then we'll have the opportunity to refinance or sell uh, a little bit earlier, which will give you your initial investment back, plus any proceeds that we have on that refinance or sale as well.
0: And let's say I'm I'm very happy with what's going on. Uh, Can I add funds? How does that work?
1: Right now, the way that these are structured are what's called a single asset syndication. And so basically what that means is we are raising capital for a specific project. And so once that project is closed, typically there's not another opportunity to add funds to that specific project. But one of the things that we focused on, and I think that uh, our investors uh, expect now and really uh, have found beneficial, is the consistent deal flow that we're able to bring. Um, and, and I'll say that we're cautiously optimistic in, in today's marketplace. But um, typically, every month we'll have two, one to two uh, new transactions that you can invest in. So um, not necessarily can you add funds to a previous investment, but you can uh, continue to invest on a monthly basis as we bring new opportunities to. investors group.
0: Yeah. One of the things that, uh, that everyone worries about is, uh, is reporting and kind of the hassle that tell us about that. And and what is that
1: like? Yeah, I'm very excited about this. Not only have we bolstered on, um, assets in our company to allow us to focus on new acquisitions, uh, and financial controls, but we have some of the best reporting in the industry in regards to, um, you know, the, the monthly reports that you're going to receive, um, during the value add process. So typically if we're doing a value add deal, For the first three to five months, you'll receive a monthly update. And every quarter, you'll actually get a more in-depth financial analysis of how the investment is going. And that's all done through our... Uh, investor portal. So it's very seamless. All of the updates are stored there. So you can look at any update that has happened. So um, for the first couple months, it's going to be monthly. Once we're hitting some sort of stabilization uh, period in the property, then it moves to a quarterly basis. And you know, we have an investors relations team that you can always reach out to and ask questions to. We want to make ourselves very readily accessible to our investors as well.
0: Real briefly, Logan Freeman is joining us from FTW Investments. Who can invest? Let's not get into all the details as far as accredited or unaccredited, but sure. what, what type of funding are you talking about to just get in the door?
1: I would say this you know, it's easier to invest in these projects if you have a re- pre existing relationship with one of our sponsors, so myself or my two business partners. So that's why it's so important to have that first call and continue to build that relationship together. But our minimum investments typically uh, range from twenty-five dollars to $50,000 and are lower for. Um, existing investors. So what we'll see a lot of times happen is somebody might have a self-directed IRA or a solo 401k. So a retirement account that allows them to invest into these commercial real estate Uh, Investments, and um, they might have an extra fifteen or seventeen thousand that they want to kind of allocate to a project. And if you are already an existing investor, we don't really limit the amount of money that you can invest into our projects. But if you're a first time investor, you can expect about twenty five to 50000 are are pretty much our minimums on all of these projects.
0: I gotta start saving some money, up Logan. (laughs) No, I will talk to you more about this. I do want to learn more even myself. Um, Absolutely. and, And and one question I have is: Are the investments Investments guaranteed?
1: Well, I'm going to be very careful in answering this question, but the answer is no. There's never a guaranteed return on an investment um, in a private investment in real estate. You know, real estate has its own risk profile that you have to be comfortable with. And that's why the education is so important about how these investments work and where the cash flows are coming from. So we never guarantee an investment. But uh, what we do do is provide a uh, preferred return, which just means our passive investors uh, receive a certain amount, either 7 to 9% typically um, on their money before anybody else is paid on the investment. So uh, I'm proud to say we haven't really had any issues paying those preferred returns up to this point across a portfolio that's uh, very close to $100 million in real estate now. So it's not guaranteed, but we do have capital stack kind of preferential treatment to our passive investors to make sure you get paid before anybody uh, on my team does.
0: And that's kind of where I wanted to go as we as we finish our uh, our third segment of the show today is is how is FTW Investments compensated? I mean, this is something that when sure. I put my money into that solo K or, you know, an IR with one of, you know, good friends of ours and, 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 you know, just the typical, you know, put it away and just every year and then hopefully I'll be able to retire at some age. You know, you get a percentage of that every year they do for management. How does it work with FTW? And how are you compensated?
1: Great question. You know, there's a couple different ways that our company is compensated. The first being through an acquisition fee. So when we are purchasing a property, um, in all of our financial models, you will see an acquisition fee that is paid to FTW Investments. And basically what that is covering is us finding the opportunity, running down all of the due diligence costs, and putting it through a very rigorous process up front and making sure that we bring this to uh, our investors. So uh, we have an acquisition fee up front. Uh, We then have an asset management fee on the invested equity as a as it basically goes through um, the transition from stabilized to, to sale. So basically, you know, you can think about very similar to the setup that you would have with maybe a financial advisor. We have an asset management fee on that invested equity. We obviously oversee a lot of construction, so there's not a lot of profit here, uh, but we do have a construction management fee to make sure that all the properties are um, getting the cosmetic upgrades that they need. Other fees that you might see are disposition fee when we go to sell the property, a refinance fee if we uh, basically Basically, if we're able to refinance earlier and not have to sell, uh, there is a a refinance kind of success fee. Um, And then you'll see a property management fee, which does not uh, go directly to FTW Investments. It goes to the vendor that we're working on. But that's kind of um, how we're compensated. Um, The last I'll say this is, you know, there's a promote structure. So um, like I said, there's a preferred return of seven to nine percent. And then above that, um, after our investors are paid back their initial invested equity, uh, we have a promote. So the, 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 the actual profits above that 7 to 9% are split between our company and the investor. So that really starts to come to fruition after the value add is completed and, and a project is stabilized.
0: Great stuff from Logan Freeman, FTW Investments. We'll be right back with more after the break. Thanks for joining us today on The Grill Nation Show. final segment of today's grill nation show with jason grill thanks for joining us again today i'm happy to have you back we've had a great show with logan freeman who is with ftwinvestmentsllc.com uh go to ftwinvestmentsllc.com backslash grill nation for more information and to download your free investors toolkit and to learn more and to get some Fascinating emails from them and learn how you can invest and uh, make a return on a uh, long term investment in just a great market right now as far as commercial real estate goes and other things they're working on uh, too with hotels and uh, affordable and whatnot. Logan, uh, let's talk about diversification going wrong. Uh, another great blog that you put out. You know, what are Mark Cuban, who obviously everyone has heard of, and Warren Buffett's opinions on diversification?
1: All right. Take this with a grain of salt. But Mark Cuban says that diversification is for idiots. And <laughs> and Warren Buffett says diversification is a protection against ignorance. It makes very little sense for those who know what they're doing. And Mark Cuban and Warren Buffett are not fans of diversification. Idiot is a strong word, but Cuban is not referring to every type of investment diversification, just stock market diversification, which in his defense can be foolish in some points. So the general idea behind diversification is that it reduces risk, right? Preventing any big losses in your portfolio. The problem with it is it prevents big wins as well. And so when you're spreading risk through diversification, you can be diluting your returns on the risk return spectrum. And so that's why those guys are so adamant about against being against diversification. Think about Cuban and uh, Buffett, those guys are, you know, experts in what they do. Right. And that's that's what they've always done. And so they're not necessarily diversifying like the, the broader audience in the, in the United States and other folks that are investing in the equities market. So uh, I think that you just have to be really careful uh, when you just hear that word, because diversification really needs to be broken down into different things like we're going to talk about it here very soon, I think.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about that. Now, one of the examples you, you give out is like cards. Yeah. So, so how is the stock market diversification like cards?
1: Yeah, so stock market diversification is like playing six hands at the blackjack table, right, and betting the same amount on every hand. The odds that you're going to win um, these three hands and lose those three hands, you know, could come out even. So even if you win four hands and lose two, you water down your winnings. The skilled blackjack players don't water down their winnings. Instead, they use their skill to maximize the returns on one hand in the same vein, skilled investors don't water their their returns down either. They prefer to make educated investment choices. So watered down returns aside, the other problem with diversification is that it offers no protection from a crash. So you just watch. I, you know, I was on a trip in Charleston not too long ago, and a couple of the buddies that were there were just obsessed with watching poker and playing poker. And, and I didn't really understand why. And then I remember that we wrote this blog. Uh, very similar about diversification, it's because they're skilled at that little um, you know, that one little game that they're playing. But what was fun was I was able to come in here and we're seeing this in the investing world as well. I don't play poker very often and I think I had beginners luck because I didn't know what I didn't know and and started beating them all and they got really upset about it. I think we're <laughs> seeing that a lot and, and Peter Malouk just recently talked about this on his podcast was um that's not gonna last forever, right? I mean it's just not. And so uh the, the folks with skilled expertise are the ones that are gonna come out ahead. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the best poker
0: player as well. I, I never really played. I'm more of a craps, uh, dice kind of guy than I am a blackjack or a poker kind of guy. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is auto-diversification, uh, Logan? Let's learn more about that.
1: Yeah, auto-diversification is diversification in a box. It's, it's kind of marketed by Wall Street for its convenience and it's sold as uh, ETFs and mutual funds. And it's conditioned on the merits of diversification, that, that, which the general public kind of goes with the flow on. And so when you think about investing in mutual funds and ETFs, it can relieve them from picking the basket of stocks themselves. So the ease and the convenience of investing in these types of uh, opportunities are why employees are content with planning their retirements through employers 401k plans. And so what we're seeing now is that um, the SEC and, uh, is really allowing folks to use these retirement accounts to actually invest in different opportunities like commercial real estate. So just some proof of this, um, just look at mutual fund performance. You know, 92% of large cap funds failed to beat the S&P 500. And so as, as from protection from a crash, there is no such thing. And back in 2008, there was a running joke that with the market crash, 401ks were turning into 201ks. You know, the nation's 401ks and IRAs lost about $2.4 trillion in the final two quarters of 2008. So those aged 30 to 50 saw returns of negative 30%, and over half the people uh, that were over the age of 60 lost them more than, than 20%. So just, just think about diversification being a buzzword that Wall Street uses to take advantage of some people who want ease and convenience. But unfortunately, the only ease and convenience derived from diversified products like we've talked about are uh, the management fees and mutual funds that uh, a lot of people are making money on, Jason?
0: Uh, I do that, so maybe I need to reevaluate. <laughs> Active diversification. What is that?
1: And what's yeah, that like- you know, not all diversification is bad. Active diversification is smart diversification. It's mitigating risk without sacrificing returns. And ultra wealthy investors like Buffett and Cuban. Are anti-auto diversification, but they're not against smart diversification. And their portfolios are spread across multiple assets, but their diversification goals are different from the average investor because their goals are different from those of uh, the average investor. While the average investor is banking on the 401ks and portfolios appreciating over time, savvy investors are investing for income, cash flow, and appreciation, like we talked of. Uh, earlier. And so, because of that income component, the vital for building wealth through reinvestment, like we also have talked about, savvy investors allocate the majority of their portfolios to alternative income producing tangible assets like real estate. Yeah, private equity in there, agriculture, and a lot of fil- folks I know that are in oil and gas as well.
0: Briefly, what what are the main advantages that you see of investing in tangible? We talked about that tangible cash flow assets.
1: Yep, yeah. So the biggest one I think is that they're uncorrelated to Wall Street, and so they're less susceptible to downturns. And you know, I think if you um, watch CNBC, watch a, a lot of these money kind of gurus, um, you'll see the opportunity um, to uh, get away from. Uh, kind of the mainstream media and be able to look through the noise and see Groups like Tiger Twenty One uh, really kind of get into these alternative assets, which appreciate over time. And so through smart di- diversification, meaning taking a portion of your allocation that you have into your your you know your entire retirement accounts and putting them into alternatives, their income streams can be protected. And they don't spread their portfolios thin as well. So they they get to learn one type of investment opportunity. Maybe that's real estate, maybe it's something else. They find folks that are experts in that space and they start to invest with them. And so I think that once you do that, you can start to become knowledgeable and skilled and analyze those types of opportunities, which allows you to invest passively by leveraging the skill set of that sponsor. And, um, you know, that's what I I like to always say is, you know, in this business, there's people behind the real estate and the investment. And so you really have to get to know uh, those people. And that's one thing that's been really successful for us is, you know, we have, close to 800 investors now. Um, and I've got every single one of their phone numbers in my phone. And I, and I, I feel text messages and calls and voicemails from them on a regular basis. But there is a personal touch to this. you know. They can call and see, or if they're local, they can drive by the property and see the different things that are happening and the construction that's going on. And I think people like that. And that's that tangibility of this type of investment and the personal touch. And it really makes people feel very comfortable.
0: we got about 30 seconds left, Logan. If somebody does have a mutual fund or they have a, a person who helps them with... Um you know, different investments, kind of the typical four hundred and one k advisor. How, how do they work with you? You mentioned sometimes you can take some of those funds that are in your, you know, your account, like with a big company, like a Schwab or an ETF, yep. and, and then invest some of that money into what you're doing.
1: Absolutely, this is one of the largest sources of capital and that that we see from our investors. Is they will basically uh, work with their investment advisor and create uh, what's either called a self directed IRA, a solo four hundred and one k. Or an EQRP. These are all different options that you have to evaluate for yourself. So they'll roll over maybe some of their funds into a new account that uh, there's plenty of providers out there. Rocket Dollar is one of them that we work with on a regular basis. Uh, Equity Trust, another one, that allow people to find sponsors like ourselves um, and then place those those monies that they have already set aside for their retirement into these uh, types of investments. I'm definitely not an expert um, on actually how to set those up and or the tax implications Um, For that, I'm just speaking from my own experience what our investors have been able to do um, and basically get – uh, access to these types of investments. And, and we work with all those providers and, and they can invest in these deals just like, uh, uh, somebody would that had extra, you know, $50,000 sitting around.
0: Well, you know, the people I work with cause they live close by. So we'll, we'll have to connect you guys, uh, or we'll let's have a beer sometime. We'll figure it out. Logan Freeman, FTW investments. The website is FTW investments, com backslash grill nation. Also FTW investments, com. Great information, Logan. Thank you again for joining us. And, uh, Congrats on all your success, and we look forward to talking to you again very soon.
1: Thanks for having me, Jason.
0: Thank you. And thanks to the listeners and watchers for joining us today on The Grill Nation Show. We'll see you again next week. Take care and have a great day.